You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast, where we aim to simplify online business so you can make more money. Now, here's your host, Derek Gale. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast. This is your host, Derek Gale. And uh, today's interview is with uh, a very incredible entrepreneur, someone who has started, grown, and sold numerous, multiple, uh, massively successful organizations, has been a New York Times bestselling offer of books you may have heard of, including The Answer and Having It All. And you may have actually seen him as well on the hit movie, The Secret. But none of that is why I have him on the show today. Uh, the reason I have him on the show today is because for the past many years, he has dedicated himself uh, to a topic that's really near and dear to my heart and that is retraining your brain to break down so many of the unconscious mental barriers that are I see sabotaging people's success in both business and life and uh, you know I want to be clear though we're not going to be talking sort of the hype and the woo-woo stuff because the person I'm about to introduce you to has dedicated his research to evidence-based brain research. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome John Asaraf to the show. John, thanks for being here today. Hey, Derek. Great to be on. Fantastic. So, John, just to start things off, you know, we've got lots of entrepreneurs listening to the show that are, you know, that are in the starting their journey and, uh, you know, why don't you give us a brief overview of what your journey is? How did you go from, uh, you know, the beginning to being this this authority on evidence based brain research? What what was your path to get here? That's a, a great question, and I think um, if I take you back, uh, oh, thirty five or so years, uh, I was a, a troubled teen, and I was having a, a, a run in with the law, one after the other after the other. And when I was 19 years old, I was introduced to a, a really wonderful uh, real estate entrepreneur who taught me more about my brain and my thoughts and my beliefs about myself and my habits than I could have ever hoped for. And by him really guiding me and teaching me that I wasn't my beliefs, I wasn't my results, I wasn't what I thought I was at the time, which was a, a worthless young unskilled teenager uh, with uh, low self-esteem and low self-worth, he really started to show me that uh, by changing my thought processes about who I was and what was possible, and then by retraining my brain daily, it was really, really easy for me to start seeing that uh, all the years of uh, my childhood feeling like I wasn't good at school and I wasn't smart enough and I wasn't worthy of success was just something that I conjured up in my own mind as a result of my experiences and as a result of what I was told, but it wasn't the truth. And slowly but surely, I started to uh, focus on you know bigger and bigger goals. And fortunately, I had him as my first mentor to teach me the power of goal setting and goal achieving, and uh, really upgrading my knowledge and my skills daily. And then, when I was in my mid twenties, I met two other mentors who were the most successful sub-franchisors in the world of any franchise. And at the time, they had um, somewhere around uh, 5,000 Remax offices under their wing. And they were doing about $25 billion a year at the time. They do about $60, $70 billion today. 
And they started teaching me the um, world of franchising and specifically the world of processes and systems and how you can spend eons, tons of money, years trying to figure out processes and systems or you could just pay to find out which processes and systems work and just start applying them. <laughs> and and I, I didn't understand that at first, but uh, once I understood franchising, uh, I really started to say, okay, so this is another shortcut. And by following what they taught me, I built a 100 office Remax operation from 1987 to 1997. Then I ended up selling it in 2007 with 1,500 agents who were doing an average of four to five billion a year in sales. So I had some good uh, mindset training and some very, very good skill set training by uh, experts. And that really uh, fascinated me, but also helped me implement what I learned within my own organizations, uh, helping real estate agents who you know, basically had to eat what they killed because uh, they're on commission only. And uh, so we, we, we can dive in from there. Okay, cool. Uh, now, so here, here's why I wanted to get you on this show. Now, we've known each other for a long time and you know my, my focus has been on uh, teaching people how to, how to start businesses on the internet and you know, every single day I'm dealing with uh, established entrepreneurs but a lot of people that are just starting that journey of becoming an entrepreneur. And my biggest mystery and my biggest frustration is every single day I meet you know, incredible people that have all the best intentions. They have fantastic ideas, but they never go anywhere with it. Sometimes they might take that first step, um, uh, and others, and 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 maybe maybe they'll never even take that first step. But sometimes they take that first step and they continue to stab sabotage themselves every step of the way. So, what's going on? Why are people? sabotaging themselves? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And there's, there's a couple of reasons, but let's start with self-image. And so when you know, we're, we're born, we really don't have a self-image. We don't have a belief about how smart we are, how good we are, how successful we're going to be, or how many times we're going to fail. And so that isn't written anywhere in any of our genetics. And what happens is by the time, you know, the imprinting years where we've learned from the people who raised us are over, we start to get some fixed ideas around, you know, who we are and what we want to do. And then we, you know, we start, uh, you know, school and we learn about being a firefighter or an astronaut or a nurse or an entrepreneur or the CEO of a company. And we start to formulate these dreams and ideas of, of you know, things that we might like to do based on what we see on television or our, what our parents may do or our caregivers do. So we start to formulate all these ideas. And somewhere in our teens to, to early 20s, our part of our brain that starts to come online is, is really the thinking part of the brain, the CEO and the executive director of our lives. And the good news is we can start to make decisions about what it is that we want. But the challenging news is if we have any references in our implicit memory system, the part of the unconscious brain that's actually responsible for our behaviors, that's where the problems start to lie. And so we have a part of the brain that wants to dream and 
And uh, we've come to call that the Einstein part of the brain. This is the part of the brain that you can you know, use its imagination, its intuitive factors, and tap into you know, the world of all possibilities. And then there's the Frankenstein part of the brain that says, but when you were a kid, you, know, you tried this and you failed. You know, when you stood up in class and you uh, tried to you know, uh, say something about what you did this weekend, kids laughed at you. And so we've got these different parts of the brain that are starting to come online, no pun intended, and start to compete with each other for all of the attention units of our brain. And this is where people start to have these goals in their dreams, but people will never outperform their own internal self-image. And so when you think about what is my self-image. Well, it's what you believe, not what you tell people you think, not what you tell people you believe, but it's what you really, really believe in the deep recesses of your mind about yourself. So do you really believe that you're worthy right now of achieving that goal or dream that you have? Do you believe that you have the knowledge? Do you believe that you have the skills? Do you believe that you have the ability to learn or put the people in place to help you? Do you believe at the implicit, deepest level of your being that you can achieve that goal and, or dream? And if the answer is absolutely, there's nothing holding me back, Uh, guess what? Nothing will hold you back. But as soon as you start to sabotage your behavior, whether it's sabotaging your behavior through your thoughts or sabotaging your behavior through your actions, you have to ask yourself a question, and that is, what's causing me to sabotage my behavior? And if you do any research into neuropsychology, um, what you'll find is there's got to be something at an unconscious level that's triggering the behavior. And for most people, they haven't taken the time to really understand what could be triggering my sabotaging behaviors. And it's no different than the lottery winner, Derek, that you know, wins the lottery. You know, they buy tickets for 10 years, they finally win the lottery. And within three years, 85 to 90% of them get rid of all the money and they say it's the worst experience of their life. And the reason is the external world of having the money did not match the internal map of reality, which is comprised of their beliefs about themselves and the environment that they should live in. And so they'll sabotage their success, even though they wanted more money. Hmm. Okay. So uh, now let's 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 take a, let's create a character here. Let's call let's call her Jane. Okay. So Jane's, you know, thirty six years old. She's got two kids. She's, you know, had a job, um, not getting ahead and decides, hey, you know, I want to make a change in my life. And she's got this belief system that is uh, comprised of all these different beliefs that have been created from her life experiences and, and as she was raised. First of all, how does somebody recognize and identify their own self-image because you know how how do you get to that level that self-awareness absolutely and so there's a variety of different ways one is through questions and and really being totally um totally honest with yourself that's number one and that's what a lot of psychiatrists will do or psychoanalysts will do is they'll ask you you know what do you think about this what do you think of this what do you you know what memories do you have around uh, success around trying things and, and they'll ask you know inquisitive questions to try and get into the underlying uh, real self-image that's one way 
Another way is to actually move into uh, a very, very relaxed, aware state. And one of the tools for doing that is called either mindfulness or meditation. Mindfulness is kind of the catchy word of the day right now. And mindfulness is is just being aware of your self-talk. Being aware of your behaviors. Most people are in automatic mode all day long. They're just you know, automatically thinking and feeling and behaving in certain ways. But when you are mindful, you start to become aware of the negative chatter or sabotaging chatter or destructive chatter in your mind that's happening all the time. We have 35 to 50,000 thoughts a day. Uh, most people's thoughts are negative in nature. Uh, and that's just because of, A, conditioning, and two, because of survival. Your brain's always looking for what could be wrong in the environment that could harm you. So by default, it's trying to figure out all the things in advance because it, it, it likes to figure out patterns. And once it figures out patterns, it predicts what pattern is going to come up next. Uh, so we're a predictive machine. So I'll give you an example. Uh, I'm going to just say uh, something and tell me what comes next. One, three, five. Seven. Um, who said anything about another number? Yeah, it's a pattern. Like one, yeah. three, five. We're just used to seven being a pattern because we're going in increments of two. So your brain is consistently looking to figure out what the pattern is going to be so it doesn't have to think. So it could just automatically act. And so let's bring this back into context. So how does she figure out you know, what is causing her negative thoughts or behaviors? Well, number one is you don't have to actually know what's causing it in order to be aware of it and to change trajectories. Mm. So our brain is working, you know, 97, 98% of the time without, you know, any conscious effort from you as far as what you're thinking about. So it is just behaving in a format or in a, in a process called automaticity over and over and over again to simplify you know, what you're doing, but also to conserve energy. But when you take time, whether it's every day or every hour, to be aware of your thoughts and your emotions and your behaviors, you can now be at choice and direct your attention versus being the victim of it. And what happens, and I think most everybody who will be listening has either heard of or seen the movie Groundhog Day, where we repeat the same things over and over and over again. And that is truly what is happening to most people. They're repeating the same patterns over and over and over again without giving themselves the time to really just be still and be aware and then be at choice. And that's where it begins. And there's a, there's a, a very, very quick 4 R process that we teach our clients and in our brain training programs. And the 4 R process, number one, starts with a word that you just mentioned. And that is, first, you must be aware and recognize. Recognize what are your predominant thoughts. Are your predominant thoughts constructive Are they moving you towards your goals and dreams or are your predominant thoughts destructive, moving you away from your goals and dreams? That's the first part. The second part is around recognition of emotions. 
And what most people don't understand, because we haven't ta been taught this, you know, when we were raised, is that emotions are neither good or bad. Emotions are pleasant or unpleasant to varying degrees. Now, obviously, we want to move more towards the pleasant emotions, but there's a little bit of a conflict here. Our brain is wired 400 to 500 million years of wiring to move us away from pain first before it will move to pleasure. What does that mean? Well, let's say you're an entrepreneur and you have this goal of, let's say, making, I don't know, $100,000 a year or $500,000. let us just keep it simple. But there is an unconscious fear of failure. That means you would be embarrassed, ashamed, maybe lose your money, your reputation. You might disappoint your friends, your family, yourself, your whoever. Well, as soon as there's an unconscious trigger that that's a possibility, you will immediately move away from that possibility first. And how do you do that? A, you start to have negative thoughts and you'll start to rationalize. And the definition of rationalize is you'll tell yourself rational lies. <laughs> you'll say it's not the right time. Maybe I should wait. You know what? Let me get some more advice. I'm not sure if I know how to do this. You'll start to self-talk your way out of it. The second way, obviously, is you'll have these negative emotions or unpleasant emotions that you'll just want to move away from. You won't even know why because it's happening unconsciously. Which leads us to recognition of the third part is your behavior. If you want to know what you are doing on a daily basis, why not take a sheet of paper and just write down your activities for the whole day? And ask yourself this very, very simple question. How many of my actions, whether it's phone calls, meetings, working on the internet, on my computer, reading a book, how many of them were what we call our high-impact revenue-generating activities versus low-impact administrative activities? And here's what you'll find. The more you are able to focus on high-impact revenue-generating activities, the more you're going to earn and the more you know that you are focused on the right things. Because if you're an entrepreneur, um, revenue and cash flow is like right up there with oxygen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and anything other than that is moving furniture on the Titanic. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And so, and so if you just invest a little bit of time in recognizing what you're thinking, what you're feeling, and what you're doing, we start with that. The second part of the R is around reframing your thoughts, your feelings, and your behaviors. And those are just some skills you need to learn of how do I reframe these negative thoughts or unpleasant thoughts. And there's a variety of techniques that you can use to repattern languages or emotions. And that's just some skills we, we don't have time to discuss today. But you have to get into reframing things so that they don't have a negative or destructive impact on your results. The third part, and this is really a, a powerful, powerful part, is releasing any thought or emotion that isn't moving you towards your goal and dream. And 
the question is, how do you do that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give people just one simple way to do it. As soon as you recognize a negative thought or a negative emotion, don't suppress it. Be an observant of a thought. You're not your thoughts, but you have thoughts. So if you observe a thought and ask yourself a question, will this thought serve me and move me forward or backwards? If it'll move you backward, just watch it like a cloud and let it go by. Choose not to allow that thought to infiltrate your chemistry, meaning this. Whenever we have a thought, we send an electrical signal across the synapses in our brain cells, and that produces a chemical that then is released into your blood, causing you to have an emotion. So an emotion is actually a chemical that is flowing through your blood, and that's why you feel it. But if you observe the thought and you observe the emotion, they will not last for more than 90 to 120 seconds. It's only when we observe the thought or emotion and focus on it that it recreates the same thought or emotion and a perpetual loop in the brain that if we repeat over and over and over again where we think, then we feel, and we think about what we feel, we then create this new neural pattern. And if we do that often enough, your brain will make that automatic and a default pattern. So in the release phase, the key is to be observant of your thoughts, observant of your emotions, and then allow them to flow by if they're not serving you. And if they do serve you, keep thinking and focusing more on those and create those new automatic neural patterns or software programs for your brain. And then the fourth R is all about retraining your brain. And in order to retrain your brain, you've got to do the first three R's, but you can also accelerate some of this. And one of the ways you can accelerate your brain's ability to really optimize your success is, I'll give you a simple uh, thing that everybody's heard of, very few people do on a daily basis, and that is see yourself already achieving the goal that you want to achieve. See yourself, feel yourself, act, pretend as if you were getting paid $10 million to play a Hollywood actor that's remembering a script. And when you remember that script so well that you can film it and they would give you an Academy Award okay, in Hollywood that is when you have really embodied that next vision of your success. And what happens is because your brain doesn't know the difference between something real or something imagined, once you get this new image fixed in your unconscious implicit brain, it will then take over your thinking process and it will procure thoughts for you. It will procure the emotions you need and more importantly, it'll actually activate part of the left prefrontal cortex, which is the CEO and genius part of your brain, that'll then start to hear, see, and do things that you never heard or saw or did before. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> I, I wish it's done. Everybody's got a little lesson in neuro, neuro, uh, neuroscience right now. I wish you could see my desk right now because I was like, I started with one post-it note and I started taking notes. And now I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten post-it notes on my desk with notes all over them. Um, and, okay, so I've got a question for you. So, I mean, there's just a certain 
level of self-awareness that is required to be able to implement what you are sharing. And, you know, uh, this is this is a passion of mine, um, and and I'm I've always kind of studied the brain and 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 when you sort of separate yourself, I, I like your approach on this because it is, you know, it is evidence based, and the and the brain is a muscle. Everything that's happening in our bodies is a, a, a is chemical effectively, and so you can control and retrain that. Now, the challenge that I see in so many people, including myself, is getting to that level of self-awareness. And so you mentioned, you know, mindfulness or meditation. And, and that's kind of the ability to focus on what's going on inside. Now, um, I don't know if I ever told you, but I'm, I'm ADD. I've been diagnosed as ADD. Mm-hmm. And yep. so, and, and you've been in the Which, ar- entrepreneurial yeah. world. <laughs> There's a whole yeah. lot of us out there. Absolutely. Uh, how the hell do we shut off our brain long enough to focus? How do you get to that point? And I know you've developed systems, but how do you, g- g- throw me a bone here. What's sure, your first sure. step? Well, um, first, you know, saying that you're ADD is like mm-hmm. saying, I'm male, what's the fix for that? And the reason I say that is a variety of different forms of ADD. Yeah. And so, for example, my son has is, uh, is, uh, got attention deficit disorder, but specifically around the visual processing part of his brain. And so we focused with him on activating more of his auditory focus of his brain uh, while he learned how to mind map instead of take notes. So once you understand what kind of ADD you have, which so many of us have it, then you can come up with a process to be able to uh, deal with the type of ADD that you have. So, so that's number one. Uh, number two, there are uh, meditative practices that anybody can use with ADD to help them really get more focused and in the zone. See, one of the things I've noticed about people with ADD is sometimes they are so hyper-focused, you can actually be hitting drums all around them and they won't even hear it. And so, and so part of being ADD gives you the ability to get hyper-focused also. And the key is, how do you trigger that, sp- that part of your ability? And so there's a variety of different meditative practices, whether it's mindfulness uh, and observing your thoughts and going with each one of your thoughts on your command versus your thoughts just being scattered all over the place. And it goes back to raising your level of awareness of what triggers you into going from you know, maybe one thing to another or not being able to complete things that you start uh, or have 10 things going on at the same time. And so I'm going to go back to the 4R process. First, you've got to recognize the pattern. Once you recognize the pattern, you create a counter strategy for when that happens. So creating that counter strategy, and totally makes sense. And, uh, and that's interesting that you brought up. There's different types of ADD out there. I didn't know that. I was just told that you have ADD. This is what it is, right? Um, so now... For the average person um, that is out there and is dealing with these internal beliefs, getting to that level of self-awareness, what's their first step? 
Well, the, the first thing that I would start everybody off from is I'd love everybody to set a goal that scares them. And here's the reason I, I, I say scares them. Most people, when they set their goals, they set goals that they can achieve, plus they add about 10 or 15% for a little bit of risk just to give them a little bit of a jittery feeling, like they're actually doing something. But what happens when you set a goal that you have no way of achieving right now, you don't know how to achieve right now, that's actually going to trip the fear center in your brain. It'll trip up the excitement, motivational center of your brain, but that will quickly be subsided by the fear center of your brain. As soon as you have the doubts, as soon as you have the awareness that I don't have the, the knowledge or the skills or the strategies or the tactics or the connections or the money right now to achieve it, then the fear center kicks in. Now that's a good thing because now you know that you are stretching and expanding your awareness around your feelings and what you're capable of achieving starts to frighten you. And so what happens as soon as you do that, if you go into the question modality of what would I have to learn, what would I have to believe, who would I need help from to achieve these goals, now you're starting to use your higher cortical functions of your brain and you're moving to a solution-based focus versus a fear-based focus. And as soon as you do that, all of a sudden your brain goes to work. And even though you may not have the answers right now, within the neural patterns and networks of your own experiences in your life, as soon as you channel those hundred billion cells in your brain and the hundred trillion cells in your body to focus on that, not only do you start using your intuitive factors, but you start directing your brain to find in the physical world, whether it's the books, the websites, the people, the tools, or the resources, to make that more of a reality. And that's why of uh, all the people that have achieved great things in the world, nobody had the solution initially. Nobody had the solution initially. We started to use the faculties of mind, our intuition, our imagination. We started to use higher cortical functions of our brains to start solving the challenges that we currently feel and have right now. And so if you're starting out as an entrepreneur, I, I'll never forget this. Um, when I was um, 26 years old, I bought the franchising rights for Remax for Indiana. And in my first two weeks there, I had a gentleman from the Indianapolis Business Journal um, come and interview me. And he asked me what my goals were. And I told him that my goals were to be the first company to do a billion dollars in sales in Indiana. And he said to me, he said, well, you know that there's companies that have been here for over 100 years and nobody's hit a billion in sales. As a matter of fact, the top three companies in Indiana haven't hit a billion dollars in sales collectively. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, I guess I'm going to have to be the first. And I was cocky and young and I didn't know what I didn't know. But had I not set that as a goal, I absolutely would not have tried to figure out how to do it. And what I can share with you is in 1992, just seven years, uh, I'm sorry, five years after I arrived in Indianapolis, we hit $1.2 billion. And I have a picture of that in, and me in the magazine um, that, that showed that we could do it. And what happened 
is the same thing that happens to everybody. Just because you don't know how or don't have the resources now doesn't mean it's not possible. And let me give somebody you know, who wants to play along just an example. Let's say that um, uh, the people that are listening right now have a business. We'll call the business Business X. Okay? And uh, let's say it's a window replacement company. How's that? It's, uh, people crack their windows and uh, you're able to repair their windows. So we're going to make that really simple. Mm-hmm. To uh, somebody who really doesn't have a lot of experience, they might think, hey, if I can make fifty dollars or $100,000 $200,000 a year, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Now let's change the, uh, the picture for just a moment. Let's say that you made a decision to be the largest uh, window fixing, car window fixing company in the world. And somebody introduced you to Bill Gates after you made that decision. And he says, oh my God, I really wanted to get into this type of business. Would you now have more of a belief that it's possible for you to be the largest window uh, fixing company in the world? Mm-hmm. The answer is absolutely. Why? Because you have somebody's borrowed knowledge, intelligence, possibly money. And here's what happens is you'll never find the tools, the resources, the strategies or tactics until you set the goal. And once you set the goal, you put your brain into motion of figuring out how I can do it versus why I won't. Right. Okay. So I've got one more question for you before sure. we wrap up because we're, we're heading for the finish line here. And so this is the challenge I see that happens over and over again. You know, for example, someone's going to listen to this podcast. They're going to take a whole bunch of notes. They're going to sit down and they're going to write that goal that pushes them out of their comfort zone, right? And they're going to get excited about it and they're going to start looking and and coming up with the plan and all the emotions you just discussed are going to take place. And then they're going to go to work tomorrow. And then, you know, Johnny's got a baseball game, Susie's got ballet, and away we go, and life gets in the way. How do you keep this front of mind? Sure. So there's uh, two answers to that question. Uh, When I was 19, my first mentor, as I mentioned, uh, his name is Alan Brown, by the way, he asked me a question that transformed my life. And he said to me, he said, listen, I could teach you how to become a millionaire. I could teach you how to invest in real estate. I could teach you, you know, how to be healthy. I could teach you how to be a philanthropist. I could teach you all this stuff. He says, but I, I need to know the answer to one question before I agree to mentoring you. And I said, yeah, sure, fire away. And he said to me, he says, are you interested in achieving all these goals and dreams you told me you want to achieve, or are you committed? And I said to him, I said, I really don't understand the difference. And he said to me, he says, if you're interested, you're going to do what's convenient. If you're interested, you'll come up with excuses. If you're interested, you'll go back to all of your old patterns and behaviors, and you won't do what it takes which is what being committed is all about. And so that was number one. He said, are you interested or committed? And I said, I was committed. He says, great, now that you're committed, I need you to focus one hour a day on retraining your brain. You have to retrain your brain every day for one hour if you are serious in achieving those goals. He said, if you retrain your brain and you allocate the time to disrupting the neural patterns you have that are your beliefs and your habits and your emotions and your behaviors, and you start to solidify new neural patterns or software programs in your brain for one hour a day, at the end of one year, you'll have retrained your brain for nine 40-hour weeks. At the end of two years, that's 18 40-hour weeks. He says you will no longer be the same person because you will no longer have the same beliefs or perceptions or habits about yourself. He says, are you committed to doing that? And I said, absolutely. If if I'm going to have the life of my dreams – by retraining my brain for an hour a day, 
up, I'm in, I'm game. And I started to retrain my brain when I was 19. And I started to meditate and visualize and read affirmations and, and do the things that he asked of me to do no differently than a Hollywood actor, as I mentioned before, would practice his or her script for two or three or four hours a day before they went to film uh, so they could win an Academy Award. I practiced, drilled, and rehearsed mentally. I took action daily. I analyzed with my mentor every week you know, what I had done, and I had to call 100 people a day. I had to learn scripts, and that was because I was a commitment. I made a commitment. And along that line, Derek, and everybody that's listening, is you have to ask yourself this one huge question, and that is this. Why must you do this? Why must you do this, and why must you do it now? See, because if you have reasons why you will not do it, could not do it, should not do it, and not now, that's going to win. So if you cannot create leverage for yourself as to why you must do it and why you must do it now, uh, you're right. You'll have uh, listened to this wonderful podcast and interview, and then tomorrow you'll go about your own way. But if you can come up with a reason why you must and will do it, then you'll do what it takes. And your vision and your goals and your dreams have got to be bigger than your excuses and your stories and your current results. Yeah, I wholeheartedly 100% agree. And for, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and for everybody listening, um, you know, this isn't down the normal vein of interviews I do in the world of, you know, digital business and internet marketing, but uh, I've been around enough entrepreneurs to know the validity of what John's been sharing with us today. Because I've seen the people that embrace what you're talking about and I've seen them flourish with the results. And I've seen people that go, ah, that's all woo-woo bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and continue to spin their wheels. And so, um, and honestly, John, what I like about your approach is, is you've, you've blended the science and there is science in this. This isn't, you know, it's not theory. Um, you know, everything that happens in our body is a chemical, uh, an emotion, stuff like that. And, uh, absolutely. And, and that's why, uh, you know, I respect and I love what you do. So, um, so John, thank you so much for, you know, sharing so much generously uh, here today. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, where can people learn more about what you're doing? Cause I know you've built incredible systems and pros processes that people can, use in their lives? Where do they find that? Absolutely. If, um, if anybody wants to learn more about you know, the brain research and how to overcome any of your excuses or life stories or traumas or your past or your insecurities or doubts, um, we do this thing called a brainathon where myself and uh, world-renowned psychology and psychiatry uh, and mindset experts get together and we teach people um, you know, how to overcome any of the stuff that's holding them back. And then we also introduce them to our technology that we've developed that'll just do the work for you and really help you repattern your brain. Um, they can go check out what we're doing at yourbrainathon.com. So it's Y-O-U-R, yourbrainathon.com. And they can sign up. And by signing up, two things will happen. And since they're entrepreneurs, number one is we'll send you an invitation to our brainathon. 
Uh, if you're a student of internet marketing and systems and processes, pay attention to our emails, pay attention to our follow-up emails, pay attention uh, to the videos that, um, that you'll get as part of the sequence of it, teaching people you know, what we're doing and how we're doing it. Um, and uh, you'll, you'll learn a ton uh, you know, uh, about what we do. And we generate um, about 50,000 to 60,000 new prospects a month into our own database. And so we're doing a few things right. And uh, by signing up, uh, you'll be able to see what we're doing, but also be exposed to some of the most advanced brain research to help yourself shatter your own financial glass ceilings and achieve your goals and dreams. And uh, if anybody missed that URL, I will post that in the show notes at uh, entrepreneurignited.com forward slash podcast. And, and just to uh, reiterate what John said is, is it's not – I mean, first of all, go there for the – uh, for everything we've been discussing, but right. uh, you know, one of the things I didn't mention is John is is a brilliant marketer and online marketer as well, and has has built an incredible organization, uh, and, and is using the internet to drive those leads. And you know, if you want to see a very successful system, an internet marketing uh, machine in progress, by all means, go observe, learn on. On, on multiple different levels, <laughs> on multiple levels. So, John, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate the interview, and uh, hopefully I'll get you back here in the future. That'd be great, Derek. Great connecting with you again. All right, everybody. That was the Entrepreneur Ignited podcast with John Asaraf. And uh, as per usual, you will find all, uh, well, a complete transcript, as long with show notes, URLs, any uh, any resources that we recommended at entrepreneurignited.com forward slash podcast. And if you uh, if you like what you hear, make sure you uh, make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. We've been topping the charts on iTunes in numerous countries around the world. Super excited. Excited about the progress, and I want to thank you for your loyalty and listening to this podcast. And uh, have a fantastic, productive, and prosperous week. And we will see you in the next episode. You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast, where we aim to simplify online business so you can make more money. 